Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back to Real Talk. Hello, Casey. Hey, Jamel. We're here uh, with some friends today, behind the scenes episode. Very much. We're super excited to be doing this. So now you get to look behind the scenes and see who helps us with the podcast while we talk about and debrief our last episode. Debriefing. Absolutely. So yeah, guess why don't we have you all, you know, say hello, introduce yourselves. Diane, let's start with you. Sure. Hello. Hello. This is Diana Riza, Vice President for Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. I'm Allison O'Leary. I work in the Office of Integrated Communications and Marketing. And I'm Andrina Barajas, and I'm a freshman at Southern, and I'm a major in sociology and political science. Mm. Nice. And also a recent podcast guest. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, very recently, we just had a wonderful podcast episode. If you have not seen it, please give it a watch. You know, we talked a lot about women's rights, invisible labor, all different kinds of beautiful things. So this space right here will be a space where we can debrief and talk about it amongst our larger community. So we're extremely happy to be having this conversation today. So should we start talking about the incident that happened in Atlanta? SCSU released a statement on what is happening in the world around us. And I just want to start off by reading it. As investigations continue into the murders of six Asian women in Atlanta earlier this week, we are faced with a stark reminder that anti-Asian discrimination and hate crimes in the United States have surged since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Stop AAPI hate established last year to track those incidents has recorded more than 2,800 incidents of racism and discrimination targeting Asians, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders between March and December of 2020. The study found that many of the incidents took place against women in businesses or on public sidewalks or streets. But they also include civil rights violations such as workplace discrimination or refusal of service and online harassment. This is simply unacceptable. As a campus, community dedicated to anti-racism and the pursuit of social justice, we denounce these actions and stand in solidarity with members of the AAPI community. COVID-19 has impacted all of us in negative ways, but the resulting stress and frustration should never be expressed and scapegoating harassment and hate. As I have said previous, this is a time for us to reassert ourselves as caring, accepting community, taking a stance against hateful actions and words and ensuring that all people are seen and all voices are heard. For too long now, the uh, multiracial fabric of our society has been born, torn by words and actions that divide instead of heal. As we continue into 2021 with the hope of better days ahead, let us use our essential roles in higher education to set aside ignorance and the hate that it breeds and doing so set an example of how others should follow. Now, this is a statement from our president, Joe Bernalino, and this is a statement in which we will guide our conversation today and also connect it with the previous podcast in which we discussed. You know, I, I, I as I think about our community, Southern community, sending this um, statement out in solidarity and to support our Asian brothers and sisters community to this assault 
not only being cautious to not call it what it is by some because they're still investigating it. So even trying to come to terms with what some say, not enough evidence to call it a hate crime, not enough evidence to call it um, uh, an attack on, uh, on women. Uh, not, there's not enough evidence. But, I, but what I find interesting is that sometimes we don't look at it in, in a larger context. Mm -hmm. And that, and, and people will react to the moment of what's happening without looking at uh, the series of issues that led right when we um, were in a pandemic and talking about the pandemic and this this um, disease or this um, as 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 connected to to Asia specific mm -hmm. to China that we fail to understand the amount of individuals that have been assaulted um, of Asian descent even before the pandemic yes. due to the, these immigration laws that are tied to how we see Asian-ness as, um, as taking away resources or taking away jobs from immigrants back in the late 1800s, early mm -hmm. 1900s. We fail to recognize how women of color, specifically age, the Asian women, um, seen as these, and, and you know, and the list goes on with the um, the films and the musicals that um, portray mm -hmm. women as these uh, uh, luxurious bodies um, of of of, um, and I'm using, I'm trying to think of language here, but how we prop these women, women of color as these um, consumer. Uh, consumable. Consumable, thank yeah. you. Digestible bodies for yeah. our, our, you know, it's like a commodity for how we think about um, pleasure, you know, this mm -hmm. pleasure industry. And so there's a history of this in 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 our American history that we fail to to call out when these incidents happen as if they were independent of that. And I I think that's the failure of of how how journalists, how police, how educators fail to to pay attention to this. Um, and so I think that that's that's problematic in the way this came out. The way, you know, we're forgiving this one individual who had a bad day without really being better at contextualizing this. What gets to be on the table based on who commits the crime? Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about those mass shootings, it always triggered a conversation war between mental health versus gun rights. Is it access to guns that's the problem? Is it mental health that's the problem? But I can't think of the name for the safe cities. You know, um, you know when, when immigrants come across and there are certain cities they can sanctuary. go, what is it called again? Sanctuary, sanctuary thank you. Um, you know, when we talk about sanctuary cities and crimes that happen in there, oh, that's an immigration issue. And we need to look at the people that are coming across the border or um, you know, in the cases of a lot of the shootings over the summer, 
with the Black Lives Matter movement, it was we need to look at the individual and the drugs and the crime in the background. So it's just interesting what's on the table based on who is being questioned. What I find even more interesting sometimes is when like the conversations about mental health and all of that only really start when we have these mass shootings and not beforehand. So it's like if the only time you're really going to talk about mental health is when these mass shootings happen and it's you say it to justify the mass shootings, then I'm really going to question how much you actually care about mental health. Because if you cared about mental health, you'd be voicing your concerns like before mass shootings happen, after they happen. That would be your advocacy, you know, but the only time you care about it is when it's like mass shootings. And it's like that. It makes no sense to me. Like mental, someone's mental health or whatever should not be a reason for why they killed like eight people or why they killed like 24 people in Sandy Hook. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't understand when people use that to justify mass shootings. And I think too, you know, when we do focus on like what happened in Atlanta as this horrific incident, um, but like Diane said, I mean, there have been something like 3,000 documented documented um, anti-bias hate crime incidents against Asian Americans since the, or Asian people in the U.S. since the pandemic started. And, and now, okay, it, it takes this level of um, crime, uh, all of these lives lost in order for us to, to take seriously um, the conditions in which people have been living, which have been conditions, frankly, of terror. Um, and I just, I keep thinking about how, you know, Chloe Zhao just won the, the Oscar for Best Director, yeah. Asian American Woman, for the film Nomadland, which is fantastic, um, within just a few days of this incident. So just the, I just think about as a system, how much we need to do, you know, here's this, you know, yes, we need to stop Asian hate. But really, we also maybe should focus on stopping white supremacist terror. That's, I mean, and I say this as a white person, we need to deal with that system. You know, because what I fear is that here's this going to be this incident. We all care very much. You know, we're devastated or having what response we're having. And then that fades away. You know, similar concerns to, you know, Black Lives Matter where, you know, people are suspicious. Is this, I mean, are you going to keep caring or did you just care because it was cool to care for a little bit? You know, Casey, I, I'm going to, I don't know. I, 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 sometimes I know that we tend to uh, default to understanding these systemic problems as white supremacy playing out again. And I, I don't want to minimize that. I also know that we have uh, immigrant communities of color who also have these sentiments that right on the border, when you think about the amount of propositions that have, uh, have over the years in California, mm -hmm. uh, when you look at those who have vote um, in the most conservative way to protect that border, it has been mainly uh, folk of color that are supporting that conservative um, view of don't let them in because they're taking our jobs away. They're taking away our, you know, our, our, our identity. These same individuals that cross the border once upon a time. Mm -hmm. So you don't 
so when we when we talk about white supremacy, that is the system that right. that that invades everybody, and and we all yes. we all buy into it. So mm-hmm. I, I recognize that, but but I want to be careful that when we talk about that, we sit, sort of point the finger only to whites creating these systems, but there is a responsibility to how we all, you know, we get caught up in it too and how we have to, you know, who who should be more thoughtful in saying, I'm not going to buy into that, you know, that it's not just them, but it's all of us buying into the system that continues to perpetuate this power dynamic of us and them. Um, but so I want to be careful that it's not just it is white supremacy and it's but it's not only managed by white supremacists. It's we've bought all of people of color have bought into this, or at least some of us have bought into it in the same way we were talking last night. I, I have to say this, but I had a couple of faculty that I was talking to about eth- the Ethnic Heritage Center and how how did white folk who once upon a time who were Irish, who were Italian, who were Polish, once upon a time, when they arrived to the United States, were also dealing with these racist attacks, these um, these uh, discriminatory um, attacks. And then, once upon a time, they became the supremacist. But you have this these. European, white Europeans that once upon a time endured horrible racist acts and now are in positions of power and also continue to be privileged that, you know, this shift. How do we educate our young people that to be white, you, you two had, have heritage, but how did you become part of the privilege that creates harm? Yes, you came mm-hmm. from that history where you two were undermined and were um, were part of the of, 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 of not the problem, but were marginalized. And now you are the oppressor. How do, how do we make those bridges and connections to to how we think about? And I, I don't want to move away from what happened in Atlanta but but this understanding that is it to be white it, it comes with some responsibility of your ethnic history like <laughs> and how do we bridge those that it's to be white is deeper than just to be privileged it comes with an acknowledgement of your ties to your past and and is that a way to bring understanding this deeper understanding of of you know what we're all talking about how is this act of hate how do we make meaning of it other than it being isolated in this moment because it's not an isolated moment as we know i have a lot of thoughts on that i think what we can do at southern right on a university level we can educate our students on the effects of white supremacy the history of white supremacy we can educate our students in the classroom of how these things show up from 200 years ago to modern day and how do these tropes that we are seeing in media where do they originate from right where do these feelings and thoughts come from we can do that at a college at a university level we can do that i think that's the simple part 
in terms of white supremacy, white supremacy is embedded into every institution in America, right? It is the foundation for which this country was built and it is the, it is the fuel that keeps America running, right? White supremacy is a American ideology at this point it is to be when you when you talk about being american and being patriotic you normally think about white supremacy because that's how embedded in our culture white supremacy is how normalized white supremacy is mm -hmm. and so of course that will that will also expand to people of color buying into white supremacy a system in which they were given and probably don't even know that they're not necessarily in um so I do see, I can do see the point of, <clears throat> it's not just white people holding the keys of white supremacy, right? Other people in other communities definitely have keys to white supremacy, definitely uphold white supremacy and promote white supremacy within their rhetoric and not even knowing it, I think a lot of times. When we talk about white supremacy, you think very often like you think of a massive, you know, a person that commits a mass shooting, you think of the Klan, you think of like right. the Proud Boys, you think of, yeah the most extreme levels the tip of, of the iceberg the tip of the iceberg when there's so much other things that look like white supremacy that happen far below it right even talking about the other crimes that are happening against asian americans um i have seen videos where people are going to chinese restaurants and spray painting them right talking about some go back home right talking calling people the kung virus and all these other racial slurs which I may add, probably got the hint from the Trump administration from how he maintained as the leader of our country, maintained and started that racist rhetoric during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so it's quite frankly saddening, it's heartbreaking. Um, I'm glad to see so many people of color unifying um, mm -hmm. against this. However, I'm not surprised by any of this. White supremacy will touch us all. I love this quote. I believe it's by Angela Davis. Um, when they come for me, they come for you at night. Often we think, you know, that's not happening to my community. You know, oh, I'm safe. That's happening to the black community. You know, the police ain't after me. Oh, the hate crime's not happening to me. They're not trying to lynch me. Okay. Next thing you know, now it's the Asian community. Oh, I'm not Asian. I'm not Asian. It's not me. It's not me. Next thing you know, it's Latino community. Next thing you know, it, it gets large. The circle gets larger and larger and larger. And if you stay quiet long enough, right, while it's not chill, while it's not happening to you, one day it will happen to you. And there will be nobody left to come save you because you sat there so quiet, everybody else is gone. Um, That's something I kind of just want to drop right there. A thought of mine. I, I also feel that this is, thank you for, for sharing that, Jamil, because it's true, very true as to who, 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 who gets, who gets hurt and who doesn't. And, and sometimes I think there's a, a level of, um, of trauma. My trauma is more important than your trauma or mine mm -hmm. is more severe than your trauma. When we think about Asianness in this country, we also talk about Asian model minorities. Yes. And so there, there's even that element of, and, I, and I'll say this as someone who's worked in, in so many different positions in admissions and also in student affairs. And I, I remember several schools um, not, not too long ago that would never consider providing scholarship for Asians. 
because they they're at the peak of their um, of their American dream. They have the educational aspiration. They are in positions of in, in professions such as attorneys, lawyers, STEM fields, uh, researchers, where they're at the peak of their 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 their, their career. Um, and yet, and this is this is the the, the again a, a stereotype because mm -hmm. we know we know for those who study and research know that this is this is not true because of what you just said earlier this asianness what do you mean by asianness and who's coming as an immigrant and 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 where are they coming from and are they educated when they land in this country but there is that level of of model minority that complicates also how we think about this population that they don't they don't we don't need to attend to them they, they they've made it we don't we right. don't worry about them and so so I want to put that in the mix of our conversation because I think that we often forget that that it's the forgotten community because they're just so advanced intellectually in in their professions in the way um, we even see them as you know having the highest GREs ACT SAT scores IQ scores um, so I, I just needed I needed to say that. Um, and how and how flattening, you know, for such a, a a large and diverse group, and and just how, as you point out, that's a myth. It's not true, but it is quite pervasive in people's minds to just think of, you know, Asians in the U.S. just in that one category, as successful and having made it. And yet, that's a cover, um, really, you know, that has us, you know, and well, maybe we we're doing this also or have so far in the podcast been talking about race primarily in terms of black and white. Um, and that is something that happens a lot of the time, although there's so much brilliant organizing work happening, um, solidarity work between black and, and Asian American Pacific Islander groups, like some of the, the most radical progressive work is being done in coalition. But at the same time, predominantly, I think the model minority myth uh, takes over the conversation. And it's deeply damaging, right? Mm -hmm. So like that model minority myth that Asians are the American dream, they are the pinnacle, right? And then go look at the rest of the minority and say, look, they can do it, why can't y'all do it too, right? Lift yourself up by your right. bootstrap and do what they're right. doing. Okay. Um, so it's not only damaging to other communities, it's also damaging to the Asian community. Yes. The Asian community faces poverty, right? The Asian community faces hate crimes, they face a lot of things. Okay. And so by having this idea that they are the model minority, that they are all the top 1%, right? They all have wealth, they all have education. They are our perfect people. Um, sets this notion of there's not problems in the community. There's not things that they need to work on. There's not things that the government needs to help them work on. Um, and it, it reminds me of yesterday's episode, right? Um, when we were talking about why do we need to have all these things to matter, right? Why do we need to have a education to matter? Why do we need to be a, a wife or a husband and be in academia? You need to have all these accomplishments so it seems like you matter. And when I hear that, my, that model minority, I think about that. So in order for me to matter as a minority, 
I need to have all these things. I need to have advanced degree. I need to have a six figure job. I need to have a clean record. I need to have all these laundry list of things to matter. And, and still it still won't protect matter. you. Still won't protect you. Yes, right. yes, yes. When it comes down to it, yeah. I, I have to believe that all of you have a friend or a colleague that once upon a time, someone said to them, what country are you from? Oh, God, where yeah. Where are you from, right? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, where are you really from? Where are you really from? Um, so, you know, that that speaks to can, can an Asian ever be American enough? Can any of us ever be American enough? Yeah, and well, to even like, um, like allude to what was said earlier, it kind of like reminds me, like this whole situation looks like a facade, like the whole model minority myth, because it's a myth. Um, it's just like a facade, like put up by like white supremacy. Like they want us to look at the Asian community as like successful. And then so that we don't investigate further where they're actually struggling and systems of oppression that affect the Asian community. And it's just like, why aren't we taught more about white supremacy and how it presents itself in minority communities? And why aren't we taught about that? Why are we just taught about just, you know, white people and all of that? And I think it's just because it's purposely done so that white supremacy can continue to live in minority lives. And it could continue to, instead of like uniting us against the white supremacy, it's instead like just separating us even further. And I think it's just so done purposely and strategic, strategically to prevent us from actually progressing. I think it stops unity, right? If they, if they go, look, you should be more like them. Wait, no, you should be more like them, mm -hmm. right? They, they keep pointing this finger of what you should be, how you should be. It really stops that unity amongst our own communities, right? Mm -hmm. It creates animosity. It, it creates this whole different feeling. And so I, I would 100% agree. It's a, it's a white supremacy talking point, and it's it's a plan. It's intentional. That's intentional language there um, to keep us from being united and working together and not working in our own silos all the time, but um, uniting for one cause. Because if so many marginalized groups got together um, instead of planning and marching and working together, there would be some very serious change on the horizon. And I would say, um, uh, yes, yes and yes, Jamil. I, I also think that at Southern, and I know that there's some organizers um, hoping to do some programming um, of, of what happened, not just what happened um, in Georgia, but, but also to talk about this community, the silence community, invisible mm -hmm. community at Southern, because with the exception of faculty, a few faculty, um, and I would say, a, I shouldn't say a few, a significant number of faculty that are of Asian descent, uh, I, I don't find ourselves um, having narratives that speak to this community in, in all the complexities, right? In all the mm -hmm. varied languages, culture, cultures, there isn't um, a, an intentional narrative in, in how we talk about that on our campus. And one thing, Allison, you said yesterday, I think you said yesterday, and we were uh, talking about the, how this announcement was gonna go out, um, you know, that this call to our community to say, so what now? You, you know, we, we don't condone this, this is not who we are, but so what do we do with all of this? Mm -hmm. um, because that announcement goes away and then we move on to the next thing. But 
as a community, we're better than this. What, 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 how, sh- how do we show up? And I, I would love to have more conversation about that um, with maybe at the, in this, not only in this podcast, but just what do we do now? Um, and I, and I know, like I said, I, a good shout out to the multicultural center, because I know they're planning some activities, but, but again, it's, it, 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 it's that intentional conversation and uh, an an action to 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 more than just we we care. How do we care? And I think it speaks to what we talked about yesterday with Trisha and Shabon. Too often, a few people mm-hmm. pulling programs together to educate the rest of us on what's going on and people have a choice whether they want to attend or not mm-hmm. um so i think deciding how we want to show up and, and and being aggressive about this that you know we've said this is who we are and we are going to become you know it's time to become and one thing that allison that building off of what you're saying here that i that really has to stop in my mind on southern's campus but way beyond is to not, this is, you know, in this case, I'm thinking about white people specifically, to not disidentify with, to say like, oh, but I'm not like that. The people I surround myself with are not like that. The people who I'm from are not like that. I don't have to go to a program. Obviously that person was, you know, is a criminal, they're a hater, they shouldn't have done that. You know, that's a horrible thing. I know that. And so my job is done. Um, I think we really do have to dig deeper. And I think part of that, Diane, like what you mentioned is uh, for white people, to, for us to look at, where did we come from? How did we get here? Who are we fundamentally? Um, and there's a whole lot of other work that needs to be done too, but there's this separation of like, I'm not like them, or I'm not like these typically young men with guns doing quote unquote crazy things. Yeah, I, I so well said. So well said. I kind of want to be vulnerable for a second because I think often we act this of our listeners, and it's not something maybe I necessarily do um, in terms or think about in terms of other identities and other communities, right? Mm-hmm. Until this incident, I haven't critically thought about my activism in terms of the Asian community, right? Mm -hmm. Your social justice needs to be inclusive, not just of your own identities and not just of identities of people you know, but of identities of people you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I haven't critically thought about how in ways in which I can use my platforms to uplift the Asian community. That's not something I have ever critically thought about until Mm -hmm. this moment. And so I'm not the most fluent in the Asian American story and Asian immigration in terms of the hate crimes in which they face and other issues within their community, which I'm sure exists that I'm not aware of. And that's okay. The first part of learning and expanding your social justice lens is discovering where you don't know, what you're not fluent in. Often I hear people go, oh, Jamil, you're so smart. You know so much about social justice. I don't. I don't Mm. know everything, right? Like I'm pursuing a bachelor's degree. I don't have a PhD. I don't know it all. And I think it's really powerful when you can sit 
in a moment and be like, okay, I don't know enough about this. Mm-hmm. Let me order some literature around hate crimes in the Asian community. Let me read, let me listen to some scholars talk about this. Let me talk to these communities to see what's happening here, how I could be practice allyship for this community. I think, you know, it's very simple to go, well, I'm not, I'm not racist to Asians, so there's no problem there. I have to be actively anti-racist to Asians, not just, oh, I, you know, I don't know many Asian people, you know, I'm not actively racist towards them. I'm always respectful. That's not enough. That's not enough. And I, I would hope well, as our listeners listen to these things and they hear about communities in which they're not a part of or don't know much about, they take that as a moment to go, you know what, let me research more. Let me see what mm-hmm. I can do in my own world with my resources, with my networks to uplift this cause. And it's always been a call of action to me. This episode has been a call of action to me and just what's happening in the world. Because there's more things that's happening outside of my identities that I should focus time on. Jamil, you're making my teacher's heart sing. (laughs) Yes. And Diane, you know, we can speak to the fact that we have do have PhDs and there's, I mean, the more, truly, the more you learn, the more you're like, wow, I don't know anything. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I just want to say, Jamil, you have a PhD, um, even though you don't think you have a, a PhD because of the amount of learning. Um, and Andriana, I know you both read a lot and you, you're constantly engaged, whereas there are others who um, have these degrees and stay in their lane, you know, stay in their lane and, and, and not, not inquisitive enough to want to learn more. And to be humble and yeah. and give yourself that sense of humanity and not knowing. Um, but I think, Jamil, thank you for, you know, taking us to another level of, of real talk in terms of being vulnerable. Yeah, I, I think that's the first step, right? Mm-hmm. The first step. If I'm entering a conversation like this where I don't necessarily know much historically or what's happening in the world, but I could read the news and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. I could draw deep similarities to my communities and the way we're being treated to how this community is being treated. But I can, I can be honest and go, I did not grow up in a community that was, that had many Asians, right? My lived experience does not include those identities or those experiences. So it's outside of my lens. It is, it's outside of my lens. But what I can do about that is go, hmm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look deeper into that. I'm going to look deeper. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to be better. That's the first step. That's just the first step of being anti-racist is seeing where you fall short. And I fall short here and that's all right. That's all right. We we don't have to fall short forever. There's always, a, there's never a bad time to go. I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna I'm a think a little deeper about this. Yeah, and I hope it it, it takes us all beyond um, going to a Thai food restaurant or- uh, Very much. Yeah, because- This is probably a good time to support your local Asian restaurants and businesses but let's go beyond that. Yes, mm-hmm. very much. Let's go beyond that. Yeah, and something that I'd also like to mention is that we always need to be having these conversations. And I think what's really problematic is that we have these conversations after we have a tragedy happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that, I mean, at least Asian women and pretty much every woman of color have been viewed as exotic people. Like It's mm-hmm. like their humanity is completely stripped from them and they're viewed as sexual objects. That's always been happening. It's not just something that happened just now with what happened in Atlanta. It's something that's been reoccurring. So I think it's really important to make sure that your activism stems beyond just um, 
advocating for these issues when a tragedy happens. It needs to be, your voice needs to continue even beyond that. Yeah, and, and, and Adriana, to the audience, um, I always am open trying to find ways to uh, to our listeners that if you have thoughts and ideas, please come to us, uh, come to me and and talk to me about what that would look might look like as opposed to just sitting with it. I've got an idea. I'd like to do something. So, yeah, you know, it. it it, it's on all of us um, and we don't have to wait for this usual suspects to take that action. It's come back and, 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 and be actively engaged um, with any of us or, or, or your professor or your friends. This should also be a call of action to our university, right? Mm. Our social justice at SCSU just can't be black and white with a hint a lot thing all sometimes. It has <laughs> to be inclusive. It's, it does. It has to be inclusive. We have to be inclusive of the Asian community, of the indigenous community. We mm -hmm. have to think about at Southern, where do our lens stop? Because our lens does stop somewhere. You can see that in our programs. You can see that in the things we highlight. This needs to be actively part of our curriculum. It needs to. It needs to branch into the classroom. It needs to branch outside the classroom. It needs to branch over into residence life. Yeah. These conversations can't be only happening in That's silos. Right. We need to expand them on larger levels um, so that when we are producing graduates, we are not producing graduates who have never had these conversations to enter workplaces where they do not know about the issues that are happening maybe to their fellow employees, to their peers, but also in the world around them. Southern is located in a diverse city, mm -hmm. right? Where you can leave SCSU and walk downtown and see all kinds of walks of life, all different kinds of restaurants, different kinds of people from all around the world. We are a college town that attracts people our age from every walk of life. And so Southern needs to be critically thinking about how we're producing graduates that are civically responsible, but also socially aware to issues happening around them. Yeah, Jamil, every time we, with the episode with Trisha and Siobhan and right now, you know, I just get in raptured in like what you're saying. And I, they're just like mic drop little speeches that you're giving. <laughs> and the rest of us are just, you have us sort of spellbound, like, yes. Well, there's nothing to even add to what you're saying right there. That's it. I would agree. I appreciate the love. Well, okay. So this has been a wonderful conversation with us behind the scenes. We will be doing more of these often with some of our episodes where it's like, you know what, we want to dive a little deeper into And have a few more people in the conversation with us. Yes. Having a few more people. I love bringing the people that help this podcast thrive from behind the scenes forward to you all so you can hear our thoughts a little bit more deeply. So if you have any comments or thoughts, you know, Please follow us on Instagram, DM our Instagram account if you have topics or guests you want to bring on or if you yourself want to come on. So thank you for listening.